0: Praise the Lord. Hashtag best job in the world, huh? How many of you are glad to be in church today? Amen? How many of you are expecting God to speak to you? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you could stand to your feet, and we're going to read Joshua chapter 1. Uh, I know we've done it on a number of occasions uh, over the last... Two weeks, but we're going to do it for one last time. Uh, we're finishing the series today, and I, I hope it has encouraged you. And um, so, praise the Lord. Uh, Joshua chapter one. I love the way she was just sitting there, so chilled, you know. Just anyway, Joshua chapter one. After the death. Of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land uh, which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn aside from the right hand or to the left, you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Be strong and courageous. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just pray today, Lord, for this message, that, Lord, you would just drive it home, Lord, and help us to see what you want to see and to hear what you want us to hear. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. So uh, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at various aspects of, um, uh, you know, Joshua's, how, how God used uh, Joshua to bring the children of Israel um, into the promised land. We saw how they, they, they conquered the land. We saw how God commanded Joshua at the beginning to be strong and courageous. Because, again, uh, you know, destinies or dreams can never uh, be birthed or uh, come to pass without courage. And um, so, you know, I pray this message has inspired you to be brave, to be bold, and to choose courage in your life in spite of whatever challenges you may face. And, you know, all of us face challenges and trials. I know there's people here, uh, you know, every Sunday you can be guaranteed, you know, when a congregation come together, there are some people who have testimonies. There are other people who are going through battles. But you know what? It's so important that we have Courage, And so it's my sincere um, uh, hope and prayer that this series has has done something to stir up your heart, you know, to press in, to possess the promises that God has for you. Because, again, there are promises, but, you know, promises can never be birthed unless you reach out and take them by faith. Amen? And so, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Because fear should never dictate your decisions. And yet, how many times do we allow fear to dictate you know, our decisions, our emotions, our thoughts, uh, uh, the direction of our life? No, God has not given you a spirit of fear. So if you're struggling with fear today, the first thing you need to establish is it's not from God. Amen? It's not from God. I'm not talking about a healthy fear if you're standing at the edge of a skyscraper, you know, to jump. But I am talking about where you're waking in the middle of the night and you're full of fear. You, you, you're making your decisions based on the what-ifs or, or what if God doesn't come true, etc., etc. No, that's not how God wants us to lead. Fear should never dictate our decisions. Faith should. Because as I've pointed out over the last Two weeks, the difference between um, a promise and a possession is courage. And, and this is why. So many people have promises, but not near as many have possession of those promises. Why? Because you're not going to have it without courage. And so take courage. It's time to possess the land. It's time to break out. It's time to move forward. It's time to rise up in Jesus' name. Because if you take courage, you can find love. You can start again. You can buy a house. You can build a business. You can build a life. Amen? But without courage, it will never happen. George, um, uh, general George S. Patton, the American general, said from World War II, courage is fear holding on a minute longer. Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes you just have to hold on. Amen. Hold fast like the Bible says. Mark Twain said, "Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear." Amen. And so we we have to learn how to overcome fear. And so at the at the, at the, you know, at the risk of sounding repetitious, we are called to be courageous. Amen? To love and lead our families courageously. To do the right thing, not because it's popular or easy, but because it's right. Courage to stand for and speak truth, even in the midst of a generation that is rapidly losing its way. I think it was George Orwell who said this, During times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a a revolutionary act. You know, truth like... A man can never become a woman, and a woman can never become a man. Truth like, uh, maybe it's not a good idea to, you know, uh, drug little children and castrate them just because they're confused about their gender. Thank you for that one amen. Amen. Courage. It's not a good idea. So I, I pray that God will grant us courage. You know, I'm mindful that we're going into, into Pride Week, for, where for a whole month, you know, flags with the emblem that God gave to show that he would never flood the world are used to push a, a very different message, a very different narrative. And um, I'm just mindful that the church is drifting with regards to morality, with regards to sexuality. And I think it's so important for us to understand uh, what the Bible says. God loves everybody he loves everybody but as god as god reserves the right to define right and wrong i do not define right and wrong and neither do you god does and he's written it in his word and therefore the bible isn't something that we can edit simply because it becomes politically incorrect or culturally uh, unpopular i think this is important for us to grasp What the Bible says, I think it's interesting, in in Leviticus 18, chapter 22, it talks about homosexuality. In verse 21, uh, it talks uh, about human sacrifice. In verse 23, it talks about bestiality. And so, we must understand, God places it under the heading of sin. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love people. He loves them. Of course they do. You know, irrespective of where people struggle or where people fall or fail. But let's not uh, decide that we can somehow play God and and somehow revise what God has defined as right and wrong. That would be a good place to say amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I know it gets a little uncomfortable when you start talking about things like this because you're dealing with the spirit. But you know what? Truth always prevails uh, in spite of what the enemy tries to do. So I pray that God will give us courage, courage to risk being misunderstood, maligned, or mocked, because we stand for Christ and his eternal kingdom. You know, it's always taken courage to serve Christ faithfully, amen? And our generation will be no different, because you can be popular, or you can be faithful, but you cannot be both. Luke chapter 1 verse 26, Here talking about Mary. The Lord uh, sent the angel to give Mary the message that she was going to be used to uh, bring forth the Messiah. And um, uh, Luke 1 verse 26, and it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David the virgin's name was Mary and having come in the angel said to her rejoice highly favored one the lord is with you blessed are you among women but when she saw him she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was now the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end." Then Mary said to the angel, "How can this be since I do not know a man?" And the angel answered and said to her, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the all-highest will overshadow you therefore also that one which will be born of you will be called the son of God now indeed Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with God nothing will be impossible then Mary said behold the maid servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word I, I, I find that so beautiful that Mary said yes to God she didn't understand everything, but she said yes. You see, it took courage for Mary to accept her assignment from heaven, and it took courage for Joseph to take her, uh, to take Mary as his wife, because both of them had to die to the fear of what people might think or say about them. And I think they're a very good example for us in our generation. We have to overcome the fear of man as well. And so Mary risked her reputation as a woman of God, along with the possibility being stoned to death, while Joseph would bear the stigma of a man who didn't fear God or honor his ways by appearing to father a child out of wedlock. But they both took courage and obeyed God, playing their respective role in the eternal plan of God for their lives. And therefore, the only reason that we know God today, the only reason we are saved today, the only reason we are not going to hell today is because Mary and Joseph said yes to the plan of God for their lives. How many of you are determined to say yes to God in yours? Amen? Because the call will challenge you. As the simple fishermen, Christ called to follow him because in spite of their lack of formal education, wealth, influence, and ability, they answered Christ's call to go and courageously went to the very ends of the earth with the gospel. Peter went to the Jews, Paul to the Gentiles, Thomas to the Indians. Uh, Andrew to the land of the man-eaters, uh, modern-day Russia. I, I don't know how they got that name, but I have a sneaky suspicion that they probably used to eat people. I don't know. But either way, uh, he uh, <laughs> it took courage. Listen, it takes courage to go to a place where they're known to eat people. But it says, he also went to Turkey and Greece, and it was there that he was martyred. Philip went to North Africa, Asia Minor which is Turkey, Matthew went to Iran and Ethiopia, Bartholomew went to India, uh, Ethiopia, Armenia and southern Arabia, James the son of Alphaeus went to Syria, Simon the Zealot went to Iran, Matthias went to Syria, John went to Turkey where he was the leader of the church in Ephesus, along with caring for Mary. And in a day where people literally lived and died within 50 miles of where they were born, uh, this was an amazing amazing achievement to see how far they went with this message because when you consider they didn't have vaccines visa cards modern means of uh, and I shouldn't have said the v word I know but it, there you go you know most missionaries do take um, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry I even went I'm not going there um, but you know what They didn't have visa cards. They didn't have modern means of communication uh, or transport. They didn't even speak the language. They had no protection, no rights, no connections. I mean, the church was in its infancy. And yet, they still boldly went with the message of life and love through Jesus Christ. How many of you glad that the disciples had courage? Okay, I'm gonna work with you. All I will say is this, the 1230 crowd are much more lively. Now maybe some of you are not mourning people, I don't know, but every week it's the same. It's like the place comes alive at 1230. So I'm just asking to try and work with me. Amen, come on, give a shout of praise. <laughs> I had over a year of talking to a camera, so now that there are people here, I want to make sure you're not all mannequins, that you're all breathing and living, hallelujah, and that you're glad to be in church. It's Sunday morning, come on, let's give you a shout of praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> We all try with a little bit of encouragement, amen? So I might even preach today, but Luke chapter 5 and verse 4 says, when he had stopped speaking to them, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. You see, Christ wants to take all of us out of our comfort zones, amen? amen? Because you can choose comfort or you can choose courage. But like the disciples, you can't choose both. Amen? You can't reach the world by sitting on your, your couch at home watching TV. Amen? So Daniel chapter 6 and, um, you know, it took courage for Daniel to do something as simple as pray. Because Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1 talks about how they plotted against Daniel. It says, Daniel verse 3, distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king taught to setting him over the whole realm. But the governors and the satraps sought to bring a charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no fault or charge because he was faithful nor was there any error or fault found in him and they came up with the plan and they said "Um, we shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against concerning the law of God and so they came before the king and they said "O king live forever all the governors of the kingdoms and the administrators the satraps the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make it a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you O king shall be cast into the den of lions so they came and they said oh king you know they were just uh you know playing up to him and they said you know what we want to make a decree according to the law of persians which can't be changed that any man who prays to any god um other than your Self um, will be put thrown uh, into the lion's den. And uh, so they got the king to sign it, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room where his window, with his window open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees uh, three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. So Daniel was a man of habit. And if you wanna be a successful person like Daniel, firstly, you must be a person of integrity, but also a person of habit. Prayer was a habit to him. And he was a man also of deep convictions, because it, it certainly was no longer um, advantageous to be having a prayer life for the next month. And yet, it says, when he heard it was signed, he went, and it says, with the windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and prayed and gave thanks before God, as his custom was. Then the men assembled and found Daniel praying, making supplication before his God. You see, it took courage for Daniel to pray with the windows open, wide open, knowing that all he had to do was simply close the blinds in order to hide his devotion and be safe. But he didn't run and he didn't hide, he stood firm. Because as we can see, courage is rooted in conviction. Amen? Courage is always a choice rooted in conviction. And so Daniel made this choice because he was convicted. He was convicted about the importance of prayer and honoring God. And he was so convicted, in fact, he was willing to stake his very life on it. And let me ask you today, if praying was to be made a criminal act tomorrow, would you persist? Or like many others, would you decide it's no longer uh, suitable? You know, I don't feel, inverted commas, led. Amen? So it takes courage to become the man or woman of God that you've been called to be. And courage to admit that you're not that man or woman right now. Amen. It takes courage to be honest with yourself. I often pray, say, Lord, help me to become, in my prayer time, Lord, help me to become the person, that that help me to become the man that I can be in you. And help me to become the man that people might think I am. And I think this is important. We need to have humility to acknowledge that we are, uh, you know, uh, God is working on all of us, that, that we are works in progress. We haven't arrived, irrespective of what God has used us to do, amen. So it takes courage. It takes courage to forgive, to let go of the past and start again. Courage to stand for truth and righteousness, amen, even when it's unpopular. Okay, courage to—you know—I didn't stand outside the Israeli embassy last Sunday to speak because it's popular or advantageous. I did it because it's right. I, be, I did it because it's right. I believe what the word of God says about the Jewish people. So it takes courage to do what's right, not because it's personally advantageous, but because it's the right thing to do. And you know, I thank God the early church didn't hold focus groups or do surveys to find out what people wanted um, in, in, in regards to the church. Rather, they went forth and boldly proclaimed the word of God to a lost and a dying generation and many of them gave their lives, um, uh, you know, to to confirm that message. So again. Uh, I want to ask you this question, you know, do you know the Lord, do you know his power, do you know his presence, do you know his purpose, because it will take courage, it will take courage for you to do what he's called you to do, amen, and so uh, that's why I believe we're indebted to the church, because like I said, they didn't hold a focus group, they didn't do a survey, but rather, you know, they they held to the truth, and uh, unless they had, we would never have received the gospel in its purity, If they had decided to compromise, you know, there were areas, you know, particularly regards to the Roman Empire. The reason, you know, that that thousands and thousands of Christians were killed was because they refused to say Caesar is Lord. They refused to offer a pinch of incense. Let me tell you something. For the next month, we're dealing with that very same spirit. Offer that little pinch of incense, just bow down before the golden idol, you know, before the golden, golden idol of, of pride or the woke or all of the other idols that are being lifted up in our generation, you know, just make a little compromise with your faith and that will be okay, but that's not okay. You see, with God, he said, I wish you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. You see, God has to come first. His word has to come first. And we do not have the right to compromise his word just because it's not suitable, okay? So we owe the church a great debt because they didn't care about being criticized, canceled, or even killed. You see, we think about them 2,000 years ago. That's fine. No, bring it into today. Bring it into today. Because they refused to compromise the word of God. They didn't care about whether they were canceled, criticized, or even if they were killed. You know, the early reformers had had a motto, sola scriptura, which is in Latin, scripture alone. Because right now we're dealing with a church that has become unmoored from objective biblical truth and we have decided that we can somehow redefine truth simply because it's no longer uh, suitable for us. No, it's not. This is one message. You accept it all or you reject it all. That's a good place to say amen. Many of these disciples sealed their testimony with their very lives. And now the baton's in our hands, and I pray that we will be found faithful. This is a day to be courageous. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Do not fear any of the things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. We must be faithful. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men. Be strong. Let all your things be done with charity, the new living. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. You see, you know what the Bible is saying? It's saying, man up. Grit your teeth and make it happen. Because in a generation that has enshrined victimhood to being the paramount virtue, we are called to be courageous. You are not a victim. You are a victor in Jesus' name. How many of you believe that? Yeah. Romans 8:37. And all these things are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Thank you, Jesus. We are more than conquerors. You know, Billy Graham said, Down through the centuries and times of trouble and trial, God has brought courage to the hearts of those who love him. The Bible is filled with assurances of God's help and comfort in every kind of trouble which might cause fears to arise in the human heart. You can look ahead with promise, hope, and joy. And so we can take courage even when we have failed or fallen short knowing that we serve a God who specializes in redemption. Do you know the word courage comes from the old French word courage, which comes from the word cour for heart and, origi- and ultimately originates from the Latin cor, which again is the word for the heart. And so to discourage is to literally dishearten or to cause to lose heart. Because God knows that when you surrender, you're beaten already. When you surrender to fear, it's all over. You're already beaten. Amen. And this is why he told Gideon to send the men that were fearful home. Judges 7 and 3. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left with 10,000 remaining. The New Living says, therefore tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. Praise ye, Jesus. So again, this is what God is saying to us. We have to be courageous in these days. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside the sin which weasley ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured just hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged. Amen? So again, it says, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So here the Bible warns us against becoming discouraged. That means losing courage, losing heart, and giving up. Because let me say this, the devil is relentless. He is relentless. And, and you know, for some of you, it might be alcohol, or, or porn, or some area of addiction, or depression, or despair, or negativity. It doesn't matter what it is. The devil knows what works with you and if something doesn't work he'll try something else amen and this is why, you know as relentless as he is we must be even more relentless in looking on to jesus amen and refuse to be discouraged give a shout of praise to the lord today because like i said discouraged it means to lose heart lose courage and that's why we must protect your heart from fear and discouragement. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it the New King James. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. You see, we must be careful to guard our heart and watch our confession, particularly when we are tired, when we are under pressure, or when we have just suffered a setback. How many of you know that when you've just suffered a setback, or you're under pressure, that's when you can start hitting the bottle, or when you can start clicking something, or when you can start using bad language, or giving to despair, or talking yourself out of things, because like I said, you can literally talk yourself out of a miracle. We see that with the 10 spies. They brought a negative report to the children of Israel, and it caused the men of Israel to lose heart. It says, Verse 32 They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we go um, is a land that devours its inhabitants. All the people we saw in men of great stature. Uh, we saw the giants there, the descendants of Anak. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so were we in their sight. And again, the way you see yourself is how the world is going to see you. You need to see yourself through the lens of God's grace. Yes, you may not be perfect, God may be working on all sorts of issues in your life, but you you know what you may not be where you need to be but thank God you're not where you used to be if any man is in Christ he is a new creature all things have passed away all things have become new how many of you are glad I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus thank you Lord the old me is dead I'm new in Jesus name amen and so verse 4 uh, chapter 14 and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and the whole congregation said to them if only we had died in the land of Egypt if only we had died in the wilderness why has the Lord brought us out of this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims would it not be better for us to return to Egypt so they said to one another let us select a leader and return to Egypt be careful about the words you're speaking you can be literally writing your own epitaph through the words you're speaking this is what the children of Israel did they said oh we're gonna die in the wilderness and yes they did the Bible says their carcasses fell in the wilderness and it was their children the next generation who went in you know i I tell you Something I believe we're meant to be the last Christian generation that's just you know wandering around in the wilderness. I believe it's time for us here in Ireland to enter into the promises of God, to see some breakthroughs, to open up those wells that the enemy has filled in over the centuries. It's time for us to see revival. I'm not I'm not looking back to the past. I'm not looking to the to the future. I want it now in Jesus' name. I want to see an awakening now in this nation, and we can and we will in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You can talk yourself out of a miracle. They lost courage because they were listening to the wrong voices. You need discernment. You see, in all sincerity, it's a serious mistake to go to a church that doesn't preach faith or believe in divine healing. But pastor, my mother went there, my grandmother went there, and everybody knows me. Yeah, but they're full of unbelief. Don't go somewhere that fills you with unbelief. Amen? Jesus said to the Pharisees, their traditions... You know, tradition becomes a rut. You know, and ultimately a rut is a grave with both ends knocked out. And that's the way most people are living. They're living in a grave rather than in the resurrection life Christ has called them to. And again, like I said, I'm not knocking other churches per se. I'm just simply saying, you, 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 people will say, well, pastor, they're nice. I don't care if they're nice because nice people die before their time every day. The devil isn't nice and he doesn't play fair. Amen. You have to know how to fight you need need to know understand spiritual warfare you need to understand the word of god amen don't be ignorant we're not ignorant of his devices nice people die every day before their time because it's not a game to the devil and if you go to a church where they pray oh lord if it's thy will to heal this person you will probably die and they'll give you a lovely funeral and you'll go up to heaven and god say what were you thinking Oh, they do the best funerals. I don't want to go to a church that does good funerals. I want to go to a church where they do good resurrections. Amen? I was on drugs, and now I'm free. I was addicted to porn, and now I'm free. My marriage was a mess, now it's back together. Come on. Come on. How many of you are tired of wandering around in the wilderness? Take courage. Hallelujah. It's time to move forward. In Jesus' name. I've seen people who got offended, left spirit-filled churches. You know, they got sick and they didn't even try. They were literally dead and buried before you even knew they were sick. Why? No faith, no fire. I'm not trying to be manipulative, melodramatic, or harsh. But Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, that works in the positive as well as in the negative. So like I said, if you're going somewhere where they're telling you it's God's will for you to be sick, God's will for you to be poor, God's will, oh, it's, everything's God's will. No, we know his will. It's in his word. Come on, we know what his word says. Thank you, Jesus. Faith comes by hearing. You know, Lester Summerall said this, when you feed your faith, you starve your doubts. You need to go somewhere that feeds your faith, that stirs your heart. Amen? And guard your heart. Don't go somewhere that will, that will kill your faith and talk you out of the blessings of God. And, and again, just while I'm on this, don't waste your time watching online videos you know, that that are knocking all sorts of ministers here, there, you know, particularly those that are having an impact in people's lives. Listen, you can study any man or woman of God, and I assure you, they're not perfect. They're human beings. The only perfect man was Jesus, okay? I'm not trying to endorse, you know, sin or or deliberate rebellion, etc. But, but again, I think it's important that we're discerning because, you know, in many instances, these videos that are done are hit jobs, you know, made by people who have an agenda. They don't believe in tongues. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, they don't believe in, in any of the blessings of God, and therefore, they will latch onto anything that that a person says. In many instances, they'll twist what they say in order. To say what they want, because ultimately they want to undermine the message, because you know, uh, you know they're opposed to it, and and so and and the sad thing is, in many instances, you've spiritful Christians watching this stuff, lapping it up. Have you heard about that guy? Have you heard about that guy? No, I'm actually too busy reading my Bible and trying to help people. Jesus, you know, people send me all these videos. I, I ask myself, I mean, they must be doing nothing. Because if you're working for the Lord, you're not going to have time to feed on that stuff. Because let me, let me add to this. I think it's important. You know, don't waste your time on these heresy hunters. Read your Bible, obey what it says, and go to a spirit-filled church. Because let me say this. The people who feed on that stuff wonder why their faith doesn't work. I'll tell you why. God does not work with contentious, cynical people. And if you feed on that stuff, it will feed a cynicism in your spirit whereby you will be always looking for the angle. And God cannot work with people like that. He said, unless you become like a child. I'm not talking about being you know, a a doormat or being easily manipulated, but I am talking about having that simple faith. And if you feed on all that cynicism, your faith will never work for you. Amen. So I'm not going to apologize, you know, for believing in the power of confessing God's word. I pray in tongues every day. And you know what? I'm believing for miracles in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. We're talking about being courageous. Ah, oh, jeez, I'm running out of time. 2 uh, Kings 4 verse 8. Um, a certain woman of the wives of the prophets said to Elijah, um, crazy Jesus. where am I okay one it happened one day Elijah went to Shuman where there was a notable woman she persuaded him to eat some food so it was as she passed by that he would turn in there and eat some food now just for the sake of time just to summarize what happens um she tells her husband let's make him a room so when he's passing by he can sleep there Get some rest, she feeds him, she blesses him. So he's there with his servant. He said, send for the woman and say, what do you want? Do you want me to speak to the king? What need do you have? Elijah was a, was, was a man of, of um, influence. Elisha was a man of influence. And, um, the, and, and uh, so he, he says, you know what? You're going to have a son because she had no child. The, the Gehazi uh, understood what, what her need was. God blessed her with a child. Okay, and so her heart's desire came to pass. And um, so, uh, further on, verse 18, the child grew, it happened one day that he went to his father to the reapers and he said to his father, my head, my head. And so he did what every other father does when there's a problem with the kids. He said, go talk to your mother. Um, So the child goes to his mother and it says, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went and laid him in the room of the man of God and um it says she shut the door upon him and went out and then she called her husband she said please send me one of the young men and the donkeys that I may uh, run to the man of god and come back and he said why are you going to him it's not the moon a new moon or the sabbath and she said it is well that makes no sense whatsoever. Her child had just died. She didn't even tell her husband. Then she saddled the donkey, said to her servant, drive, go forward, do not slacken the pace until I tell you. And they departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So was when the man of God saw far afar off. He said to his servant, look, the Shunammite woman, please run to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, it is well. And again, just for the sake of time, uh, she came, she fell down at at, at Elijah's um, uh, feet. Uh, Elijah discovers what the problem was, sends Gehazi um, uh, to to raise the boy from the dead. Nothing happens. He goes and he lays down on top of the boy, breathes on him, uh, and the boy starts to get warm. He does it a second time, and uh, the boy is raised from the dead and um, and so uh, he brings her to him and you know she has this amazing miracle of having her son raised from death and so what I want to say really through this story is courageous faith gives you focus you see the Shunammite woman was focused on a miracle she didn't want sympathy she wanted her son okay and so this is important because sometimes as believers we settle for sympathy when God wants us to have destiny you want everybody else to oh feel poor you and you're like oh, yes poor me. You're never going to see your dreams come to pass. No, you you got to be more like Rocky. You know you just got to kick your neck and say come on bring it on devil. I'm moving forward in Jesus name. And this is what the Shunammite woman did. Her son was dead. Her husband says what's wrong and she said it is well. She's, she's riding along her her little donkey. The guy comes along. He says, is it well with your son? She said, it is well. You know what that was? That was a confession of faith. That was the confession of a woman who was focused on what she wanted as opposed to what she had. That's how faith works. Okay? Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Amen. She wanted her son. And so she refused to change her confession in spite of what she saw. She refused to even acknowledge death. You know, was it denial of reality? Was it delusion? No. It was courageous faith that refused to quit on her child. A faith that refused to yield to despair and unbelief. You know, like I said, she refused to even acknowledge death. She wouldn't even say her son was dead. You know, she refused to give way to death by the words that she spoke. She said, it is well. Amen. And we have to learn how to say that by faith in Jesus' name. Because there is power in the words that you speak. God created the world through words. And our faith is released true words. And that's why when you're feeling sorry for yourself and complaining to your wife or your husband, you don't realize that you're talking yourself out of a miracle. And many of you are literally cursing your life, are cursing your children through the negative words that you are speaking. Amen. Because Jesus said this in Mark 11, you will have whatever you say. Amen. So again, it's important because clearly reading Joshua, we see that obedience characterized his leadership. He was diligent to seek and obey God's direction. Amen. So it's so important for us. Mark chapter 11. Thank you, Jesus. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Jesus, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish the message today. So... If you're first time in church, that's uh, quite a frequent. Um, (laughs) So, it's no longer a three-part, it's a four-part series. Um, If you could stand to your feet today. I, I just sense the Lord moving in this room, and I know he wants to do miracles. And I know there's some of you who have come to a place of maybe surrendering to unbelief or despair or or, or negativity and maybe you feel that that you know things that god's promised you that they're never going to come to pass you know the bible says we walk by faith and not by sight you know jesus spoke to a fig tree and yet nothing changed this woman said it was well and it didn't change the fact that her son was lying dead in a bedroom And it's the same with us. We must learn to walk by faith and not by sight. And and for some of you, this is is something that you're going to have to learn how to do if you want to step into what God has for you. Because, you know, we serve a God who wants to do miracles. He loves you, and he wants to bless you. And he knows what your needs are. He knows your situation. He understands your circumstances. He knows everything about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it's so important for us to get our hearts in a place... Where we can receive from Him. So maybe the reason why we've had to take so long in this series is because, you know, God is looking to make an adjustment. Amen. He wants, he wants to adjust the way you think. He wants to adjust the way you talk. He wants to adjust the way you respond. The way you see uh, y- your life. Because He's a miracle working God. Now I know there are people here today and you have all sorts of needs. Maybe you need healing or maybe you need direction or maybe you need a breakthrough in your life. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you feel that you're disqualified because you failed in some way. Well, you know what? Join the club. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. All of us have fallen short. All of us need God's grace. And I believe for some of you today, God is speaking to your heart and he's telling you, "Child, I just want you to believe. Some of you need to stop trying to earn what God gives freely through his grace. You know what? You're never going to be good enough to earn what God gave through his grace. But the Bible says that God so loved the world. Do you know today that you are loved by God? That his hand is on your life? That he has called you? That he has cleansed you? Hallelujah. He said, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Could we just lift our hands right now and just begin to worship the Lord? You know, some of you need to learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to, because too many times we bring our list of our requests and we don't understand that, you know, God only has to click his fingers and change can manifest in your life. But you know what? We need to learn how to worship him. We need to learn how to come in humility and come with a heart of worship amen because he is worthy of our praise in jesus name he is worthy of our praise come on just lift your hands to the lord hallelujah praise you jesus we love you lord just tell the lord that you love him right now amen just tell him that you love him praise you jesus praise you jesus we love you lord we worship you jesus